0: it's mine a competitive reading podcast between siblings i am your sister host elizabeth connor
1: and i'm your brother host thomas dempsey
0: and welcome
1: yep uh it's uh it's
0: a beautiful saturday night here in south carolina
1: yeah i mean i guess i've only been out a couple times
0: no actually it is quite nice today um I think it was like in the 80s so it you know for South Carolina it actually felt like
1: fall sure yeah yeah I'm looking forward to autumn certainly and uh, I haven't had any rain recently
0: no we haven't really either
1: yep huh you know this is the first Saturday in a couple of these that we haven't recorded in the daytime yeah And I'm trying to gauge where the energy's been, because I know when we first started doing them earlier, it felt awkward, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just awkward. Maybe. Maybe.
0: I mean, it, I mean, I I have definitely had my moments.
1: Yeah? Of just being an awkward
0: person. Or, yeah. of just having those moments when you realize that, like, hey, maybe I'm not like everybody else.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I guess it could help to talk about something. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, I think our viewers would appreciate it if we talked about something. So, what do you want to talk about?
0: Um, I'm trying to think if anything super exciting has happened in the in the interim... Since our last episode, and like I really can't think of anything except I guess maybe on Friday. So I didn't go to work on Thursday, um, which Thursday and Friday I'm at my secondary school, not my primary school. So I go back to work on Friday and I'm walking to my classroom from Carline. And one of the uh, paraprofessionals, or the teaching assistants, whatever you choose to call them, um, stops me and she's like, "By the way, you're probably going to get roped into singing the national anthem over the intercom."
1: Okay. Because like. Oh, is that like a um, is that a nine eleven thing?
0: Yeah. So like this week, I don't know about other. That's. History.
1: That's what I was. I. Okay.
0: Is that what you were going to talk about?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I forgot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it's not funny, because it was a terrible thing that happened.
1: I feel like I set it up pretty well. But yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, goodness sakes, how many people listening to our show were even born at the time? venture to say most. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd think so, but like 20 years, I mean, given how many people, are, like, how many, how many more, how bleh, more and more young people are on the internet these days. It's like, it's gotta be like a larger percentage of them are on. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and like it does, it does like kind of throw me for a loop that like my older stepson who... You know he's eighteen. He's, um, he's in college. He's got a job. Like he's doing. I mean, he still lives at home, but like he's, you know, yeah. He he does take care of like his end of some of the bills and stuff, and he's a very responsible kid. But it's but it's so it's really really easy for me to like think of him as being older than he is, and then it's like, no, he wasn't born yet when 911 happened.
1: Right. Yeah, man, I don't know.
0: Um so anyway, back to my story and then we'll talk about 911. <laughs> um so yeah, so the the teaching assistant was like, "By the way, you're probably going to get roped into singing the national anthem over the intercom." And I was like, "All right. Cuz you know, as a music teacher, you just have to be ready for those kinds of things." Sure. So, sure enough, it gets to be like 8.43. I have just finished teaching my second class of the day. And um, they come on over the intercom and they're like, "Miss Connor, we need you in the front office. And now we're going to lead everybody through the Pledge of Allegiance and the moment of silence.
1: Okay. So, I'm like... So not r- the National Anthem, then. Huh? Not the National Anthem, No,
0: though? No, no. So, no, the teaching assistant who warned me that I was gonna be singing the national anthem was the one who was leading the students through the Pledge of Allegiance and the and the moment of silence. she was just giving me time to get up there so I could sing the national anthem.
1: okay um, okay.
0: So anyway then I did I, that and then I had to like run back to my class because I had another class coming.
1: Oh boy so was this in between classes or
0: this was in between class. Yeah. Okay. Because I get five minutes between classes at this school. All right. So I still had like kids on the carpet when they called for me to come to the intercom, or they called for me oh, to come man. to the office, and I was like, Okay. But there was an, a but there was a different teaching assistant in the classroom, so I just kind of looked at her and was like, I guess I gotta go.
1: Well, and that's the most interesting thing.
0: I really think so. Yeah.
1: Okay. Because everything
0: else has yeah. just been pretty, you know. Pretty mm-hmm.
1: even keeled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like a big part of it is uh, it being a Saturday. Y- I feel like you'd see more coverage of of stuff if it were on like a weekday. You would. Yeah, and then like with and especially with like games and stuff. I'm sure they have like uh, ceremonies and what all at all the football games, but.
0: But, like, it's in not terms like of a those whole being, thing. yeah, in terms of those being, like, televised.
1: Right. Yeah, it's... like, I hadn't really been watching much TV today, so just sort of been, uh, just chilling, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, yep. that being said, 9 11 happened 20 years ago today. Yeah. Where were you?
1: I was in, oh, goodness, it was uh, middle school, so. Uh, sixth or seventh grade i could do the math but um yet pretty early on you were in seventh grade and um yeah we'd i'd heard like rumblings of it in like an uh like a uh science class uh-huh and it, we didn't get like official confirmation until like one period later so i, I feel like people were getting calls during class before the uh, school like made any sort of official statement mm-hmm. and then of course they did the thing where like they wheel in the television and hook it up to the what you call yeah and uh, watch the re- reporting on it um, and uh, I yeah yeah go ahead. so yeah I feel like um it was just that and then we left home that day and just sort of kept on like going about business
0: i remember and i guess it was because like i was like a freshman in high school yeah so like that's how i know you were in the seventh grade because i was in the ninth grade and right okay and i guess because like i was a freshman in high school and you know your freshman year of high school is so exciting um but it was like in the middle it was a uh, it was during homecoming week
1: oh man and it
0: was decade day and i and like You know, you were supposed to dress from a different decade. So I was dressed up as somebody from the 50s. And I was sitting in honors geometry. And a girl I went to middle and high school with, her name was Crystal. She came into school late because she had an orthodontist appointment. And told us, like when she walked into class, she told us, there's been an attack in New York. And the the World Trade Center towers are gone.
1: Sure.
0: She said, like they're just gone, and yeah. and I'm just si- and I remember just sitting there being like, that's that's not true. She's exaggerating because she just wants attention. And then they came on over the intercom, and no, sure enough, they were like, there's been an attack in New York. Um, school will still be going on. Your teachers will be talking to you about the events of today. Yeah. So then I left geometry honors and I went to keyboarding and our keyboarding teacher did the thing where she wheeled in the TV and um. you got to watch and like we watched the footage like the whole class period. And then for the end of the day, I, instead of going to gym, like I went, like I remember we went to the auditorium and they somehow yeah. were able to prove like... Like project the news onto a screen. Okay. And we watch the news for like till the end of the day.
1: Wow. Yeah, we did my the middle school didn't have all that sort of equipment. Yeah, I mean it's weird looking back, like how how truncated your it is in your memory, like I don't remember like a whole long I mean, I obviously there was like stuff happening and it Mm -hmm. all sort of revolved around that. But I just, yeah, just sort of, uh, sort of exists back there in your mind.
0: Yeah. And then I remember going home and like, we watched news coverage for a while. And finally I looked at mom and dad and was like, can we please just like watch... I was like, I understand that this is very, very serious, but could we please just watch, like, Disney Channel or Nickelodeon or something for, like, an hour?
1: Right. I guess I was trying to think, like, uh, what all, if all books I've read on the subject. Like, obviously, you study it in, like, history and what have you. But, um, like, I don't know of all that much, like, literature written around it that isn't just, like survivor stories or stuff like that yeah like then that isn't like by extension just like tied into the all the stuff that came in the aftermath
0: brian always talks about whenever it gets to be around 9-11 brian always talks about um this documentary i can't remember the name of it but it was made by two like french documentary makers and i can't remember if they were brothers or not But like they were in New York making a documentary about like the firemen of New York. And so they were just and so they were just kind of like, you know, following them around and they had the cameras rolling, like, you know, very like Grey Garden esque. And and they were recording and they were with this fire department on nine eleven and they got all that footage because they just followed this fire department wherever they went.
1: Yeah. Man, that's wild.
0: And, like, Brian's tried to, like, find the documentary because he's like, don't get me wrong. It's not the kind of thing that I would watch, like, every day, but it's it's just something that I would like to have. Yeah. And I, And, you know, you can't find it for sale. And if you do find it for sale, then it's, like, astronomically expensive.
1: Okay. It's not streaming anywhere.
0: It's not streaming anywhere. Huh? Because I think no, he's, I think he said, the first time he saw it was on like a HBO or something.
1: Okay. Well, they've got a. Um, there's some new documentary I think HBO's putting out. I don't know if that's affiliate affiliated with it or not. If it is an HBO production, then there might be something of it on HBO Max
0: could
1: be. Yeah, we could look it up. Yeah. Um I mean, I didn't really have that much I feel like uh like I could say about it. Okay. So we just sort of we were counting sort of looking back and uh didn't have much else to talk I mean, I've got other stuff that's been going on, but um we might uh might talk a bit more about books before we get into any of that. Okay. All right, so uh, if you wanted to, we could just uh, take a skip over into what we've been reading. Uh, Okay. I know you've got a challenge to follow up on this week, but uh, before we get into that, did you have any other books that you've been looking into?
0: Yeah, so I only read one other book aside from the books I read for my challenge. Um, Okay. And... I it, it was hard to get through. Like not because not because it wasn't interesting and not because it wasn't well written, but I guess just because like it was a motorcycle club romance book and I guess I'm just I think my I think I think the time has come for me to put the motorcycle club romance books like to the side. Okay. I, I feel like I've I... gotten my fill of them. Because I've read a lot. How comic.
1: many more of them are there?
0: Oh, this is a different series.
1: Oh, so because, it's like within the, the cycle verse.
0: Yeah. So, because the series I had been reading, I think I got to like book 11 or something or 10. Yeah. And and I haven't returned to it. And I think I'm just going to wait a little while before I go back to it. Because I, I need a break from it.
1: That sounds fun. Um,
0: but the book I read is called... Nyx, like NYX, um, by okay. Serena Aykroyd, and yeah. it is from... It's the first book in A Dark and Dirty Sinner's MC series. Okay. Um, and it's about a motorcyclist named Nyx and his love interest, uh, Julia, who... Julia's dad is a member of the motorcycle club that Nix is a part of. and And Julia and her brothers... um, And, like, Julia's mom was... So Julia's dad, like, his road name is Dog. Um, Okay. And so Julia's mom was Dog's old lady. And Dog was abusive and, like, cheated on her and stuff. And so uh, Julia's mom was just like, I've had enough of this. So she... Packed up the kids, and she moved to, like, Nevada or somewhere. Okay. Because um, the book takes place in New Jersey. Yeah. And, um, and so, anyway, then Julia's mom dies, and so she and her older twin brothers pack up and move back to New Jersey, and the brothers want to become a part of the motorcycle club. And the brothers okay. have been in contact with their dad. And Julia's just like... I don't really have any interest in being a part of, like, being a part of the Motorcycle Club series. A, because, like, I'm a woman and that's, like, I'm not allowed to be a part of it. Um, but you guys are my brothers and I'm gonna go wherever you go. So she goes with them. Um, and I feel, and, like, that both of them are very, very messed up. Right. Like, both of them, they are violent There's a whole host of mental health issues. They would be a psychiatrist's like field day if one could get a hold of either one of them. Um, Yeah. And anyway, the book is just about the two of them, despite their damage, like coming together and creating a relationship. Um, Oh. And I feel like this particular book series is more. Telling of what it's like to be in, like, a, you know, a one-percenters motorcycle club. Okay. Um, because it is, like, it's pretty violent. Uh. Yeah. And there there is an attitude towards women that I feel like is more realistic than perhaps Mm -hmm. in some other motorcycle club series books that I've read. Um. Okay. So, yeah.
1: All right. Well, we'll, uh, say goodbye to that series for the time being and uh, as far as I've, what I've been reading I can tell you I've, read, I've finished another two books uh, in the time since we've last spoke the first of those was a book called Piranesi by Susanna Clark who you may know as the author of, the, of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell oh yeah yeah this was her first book since writing that one and uh i'm sure i think she's probably written like some other things but i can't recall if there was like a health thing that happened that uh kept her away from writing for a while mm-hmm. but and at any rate this is a much less dense book than uh mr norrell and them was uh it's only like uh, 240 pages and it's um, largely written in the style of a journal, mm-hmm. so the book is about this guy who answers to the name Piranesi, and he lives in a giant labyrinth that is full of statues, and the labyrinth seemingly extends on forever. It's uh, got various like levels, and on the lower levels there's like ocean. Where fish come swimming through, and then, like, there's birds who travel through the labyrinth. So he's never for a shortage of things to eat. Mm -hmm. And he's just sort of been, like, living a uh, hunter gatherer sort of existence in this labyrinth, all while, like, chronicling his journey and uh, his exploration. Mm -hmm. And he's not, strictly speaking, alone in the labyrinth. He's got one other person who uh appears in there who talks to him and who provides him with certain goods and such and he has a bunch of other people that he uh visits and talks to although despite his um like his perspective of these people and his engagement with them they are dead Mm -hmm. they're just the dead remains of people in the labyrinth that he treats as being like people he can like visit and sort of pay tribute to and what have you. So he's got kind of this uh, nomadic or hermetic sort of lifestyle going on. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the book, you start to piece together like the nature of this place, uh, his place in it, how he came to be there, what it even is, what various people are doing there. Mm -hmm. And uh, without giving too much away, it's, pretty impressive like even for just like a 240 page book like how much narrative momentum and like I guess variety there is in such a uh, seemingly um, static setting Mm -hmm. like you'd think that like someone being trapped in this big old labyrinth would get boring after a while but Susanna Clark has a real knack for Like, putting you in the headspace of this uh, narrator and the scenes of dialogue between him and the other person Mm -hmm. are uh, very, like, sort of engaging, have a nice tension to them. So I definitely give it a recommend. I think, um, especially if you like Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, it's got that sort of, like, um, sort of grounded, magical, like, quality to it. Okay. And yeah, uh, yeah. Did you never did finish that? Did you? I know you had a copy. I never started up somewhere. it. <laughs> yeah, it it's very long. It took me the better part of a year to read it when I did, and uh I had the little um, like trade paperback that you can just sort of walk around in within your pocket. Mhm. And that was like over a thousand pages long, but I think the shorter ones are about eight or nine hundred. Yeah. Uh, not the, the the shorter the um the the different ones so anyway that was the first book i finished the second one was a uh book that came by recommendation of the youtuber ian danskin mm-hmm. who uh posted a video the other week of like the top 25 things that helped him through quarantine mm-hmm. and uh on the on the segment about like various books that he enjoyed over the last year was uh this book called The City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders Mm -hmm. it is a a far off future sci-fi story where humanity has immigrated to this planet, this tidally locked planet called January and uh, you know what tidally locked means? I don't basically it's like the moon it orbits a star but it does not rotate so the okay. same side is always facing the star, and um, basically, uh, humanity has just inhabited this planet on the like central ring, or the equator, where like is sort of equidistance between the sun and the the light and the dark side. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bunch of different like alien creatures that live on this planet that they've given like human society names but that by all accounts don't have any ties to our own understanding of them mm-hmm. so uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting the way it doles out like the premises of it's like sci-fi setting it just sort of like takes it as it goes and you just sort of glean details as they become relevant
0: mm-hmm. but
1: at any rate um, the plot of the book is that it focuses on the perspectives of two characters one is this girl named sophie who lived who grew up in this authoritarian city uh where everything is strictly regimented and everybody has to main like attend to a like strict uh circadian cycle where like even though there is no like daytime or nighttime. Everybody has to wake up and go to sleep at the same time every day. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh... So, she's, um, sort of making her way up in society. She was, like, born sort of lower middle class and is attending this prestigious school. And she befriends this sort of elegant young girl named Bianca who she has feelings for. And, um... Like, but then, like, she, uh winds up taking the fall for something Bianca did and uh, gets exiled from the city presumed dead but in reality she uh, manages to survive and goes into hiding and later comes into contact with a uh, sort of a nomad smuggler named Mouth Uh and that's the other sort of POV character in the book and um, this person's got their own sort of agenda that they're pursuing And, uh, over the course of the book, they go to different places and part ways and reunite and what have you. And, um, yeah, it's just a really sort of sprawling narrative. Uh, the quality of the book that, um, I know made it seem so intriguing is that it does seem to sort of, like, pursue, or, like, pursue, like, new narrative ends, basically. With every several chapters. Mm -hmm. So it never feels like it's spinning its wheels with regards to like this or that subplot or what have you. And uh, by the end it's just sort of like developed these very cogent and insightful like ideas about society that uh, like made uh, interesting and compelling through the story and the setting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I uh, really enjoyed it uh charlie jane anders has written a couple other books that i'd be interested in checking out her most recent one i believe is a non-fiction book about uh her father who i believe passed away last year from covid mm-hmm. and this new one was written like in the aftermath of that mm-hmm. so i haven't heard much uh else about it but i'm sure it's worth checking out okay so that's what i've been reading and uh yeah, I think you're we're ready to take a break. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll going to go on a quick break and then we'll be back to talk some more. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I wanted to see like how long it would take for someone to say something.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ugh, sorry. I'm uh I'm drinking a diet coke and my mouth is all dry. Oh, okay yeah we uh me and mom had like this sort of low-key investigative journalism thing earlier where we had like a a 16 ounce bottle of coke and like a 12 ounce can of coke zero sugar Uh uh-huh not uh diet caffeine-free diet coke Uh and uh coke zero sugar and we were just comparing and contrasting to see like what differentiated them yeah, and it really just does, does just seem like uh, Coke Zero has um, um, something or other in it. Um, it's not. It's not. F- I forget. It's got something, okay. but it's like just like one or two chemicals that distinguish it.
0: I genuinely. I mean, I, I'm sure the only thing that's changed is the uh, is like the the marketing and the like the labeling. Oh, but I—I yeah. I mean, I really doubt that the formula has changed for Coke Zero Sugar. Um. But I, but it does to me. It genuinely does taste closer to like real Coca Cola.
1: Yeah. No, I get that. Then it used. I think to. that's sort of where they're sort of positioning it. Yeah. Well, I don't see them ever getting rid of Diet Coke though. No, they never
0: will because it's right. it's addictive.
1: Sure. <sighs> okay, you about ready to get back in?
0: Yeah, I am.
1: And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm not sure how I'm going to edit that one. It was a pretty <laughs> interesting break. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're back to the show. we got more books to talk about, but um, before we get into that, uh I know we normally start off with discussions of what we haven't been reading, and um think uh, paying tribute to the uh occasion was uh important for that uh up top, so I didn't really wanna like impose any sort of things, but in any rate, um yeah, as you know, last episode uploaded a couple weeks back on a Saturday uh we recorded that morning. And I edited it shortly thereafter. Headed out er, like early mid-afternoon, and uh, you know, with each of these episodes, I'm always resolving to like read more, to cut out on the distractions, and really, like sort of hone in on my reading. So, in the spirit of that, after uploading last week's uh, the last episode, I went out and I bought an Xbox. got me uh, an Xbox Series S, which is the latest one that they got, but it's the one without a disk drive, and I think it's marginally less powerful than the Series X, but you can't find Series X's anywhere, and the right. GameStop I went to only had, like, two of the Series S's in stock. Are you familiar with the naming conventions of Xbox? No. It's, it's, pract- it's farcical. It's like they started off with the Xbox. Then they did the Xbox 360. Then they did the Xbox One. Then they did the Xbox One X. Then they did the Xbox Series S. And the Xbox Series S. I mean X. So it's like... It's, it's almost like an entire naming convention around serial numbers. It... It's, like, borderline parsable. Yeah, but, I was about uh, to... Because
0: we're a, we're a PlayStation family over here in the Connor household, and... Right. It's pretty straightforward.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I've always been more of a Nintendo boy. Uh, we had a PS2 and a PS3 on um, account of, like, just sort of, like, needing to watch movies. Yeah. And then getting, like, whatever games were... Uh, with that system, but uh, I've never been especially like loyal to the p s brand mm-hmm. so um getting an Xbox, it's essentially like just paying to have a gaming computer yeah. without needing to pony up like two thousand dollars for all the like mm-hmm. high tech chips and gear and what have you right so. I got a Xbox Series S. Like I said, it's all digital, so I uh, brought it home. Oh, I almost didn't get it, though, because um, when I tried to pay for it, my credit card got declined a couple times. Then when I finally got it to process, I went off and uh, did a little bit of shopping elsewhere and got a call from Mom asking if my credit card had been stolen because we'd gotten a fraud report. (laughs) I was like no mother I just wanted to Spend money on something I liked <laughs> And uh But uh it, it worked out fine so I got The thing home and I'm signed up With uh this thing called Game Pass Uh huh Which is basically just Netflix for games Uh huh It's this service where you sign up And I think it's like One dollar a month for the first month Then fifteen dollars for all the subsequent months But okay, you've got a a library of like 400 games and like old and new games like certain games will release on Game Pass day and date with their mm-hmm. like commercial availability
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and then of the course gets, titles will rotate out. I don't know if like once they're taken off of Game Pass if you can still play them if you've downloaded them or not or if it's the sort of thing where like it's a licensing issue where once it leaves Game Pass proper, you're not able to access it anymore. Yeah. But at any rate, y- you just download games to your Xbox and play them there, and uh, that's what I've been doing. I've been getting into this game series. Uh... Do you know um, about Psychonauts? No. Okay, it's um this old, basically collectathon 3D platformer from the mid 2000s, from this studio Double Fine and uh in it you play a young kid who has psychic powers and you attend a summer camp for psychics and the levels of the game are all the like minds of people at the camp that -hmm. you can enter into and help them work through like their emotional hang-ups and uh they recently put out a sequel that's been in development for like the better part of 16 years Mm -hmm. like on and off and uh so they recently released it on Game Pass as well, so I've been getting into that as of late and been really enjoying it.
0: Okay. But
1: uh, yeah, so that's been a good pit of my reading time these last two weeks, taken up with that, and probably for the foreseeable future. <laughs> we, we I think we're gonna have to reconsider the parameters of this competition moving forward because mm-hmm. uh, after a while it just gets embarrassing. <laughs> but with all that said and done why don't you walk us through your challenge and want to remind the listeners again what it was
0: so my challenge was I think the original purpose of the challenge was for me to finish a series that I had already started yes the problem was was the series that I am reading or the series that I have started Most, or like, at least all of the ones that I can think of off the top of my head are still ongoing. Sure. Um, so what I did instead was I just picked a new trilogy and read it.
1: Okay. And what trilogy was that?
0: Um, it is the... I'm not really sure if it's the A Touch Of trilogy or if it's a... Because, like, all the titles start with A Touch Of
1: okay uh um, what was the name of the first book in that
0: uh the a touch of darkness
1: okay i i think i'm confusing it with do you um remember that book a darker shade of magic yes, okay, i think i'm confusing it with that uh what what's the uh, what's a touch of whatever about
0: okay so i i don't so like i said, i'm not sure if it's like the a touch of trilogy or if it's a Hades and Persephone Trilogy, but that's what it is, is a Hades okay. and Persephone Trilogy. Um, but it's anyway, it's written by Scarlett St. Clair. And uh, so the first book is A Touch of Darkness. Um, the second book is A Touch of Ruin. And then the third book is A Touch of Malice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I came to this series because I saw a TikTok. Uh, I came across... Book talk, and this girl was talking about the last book in the series, *A Touch of Malice*, and how she said that, and like she was holding up like an actual hard copy of the book, and she was like, "I just can't imagine being, you know, Scarlet Saint Clair, and you have like you have worked so hard to write a book, and then you have worked so hard to like get it published and stuff, and have it do so well." But then it just to be riddled with typos and errors, um, oh. and she was like, "So I don't know if I don't know who her editor was, or even if she had an editor, but she needs a different one, or she needs to find one in the future." So it was one of those moments where I was like, "This person is making it sound so bad that I have to read it." Okay. And I'm like that with, like, movies and TV shows where I'm like, that sounds so bad, I have to watch it. Okay. Um,
1: Yeah, I've never been much of a hate watcher. Like, not that I'm calling what you do hate watching per se, but that's instinct to seek out something that you've heard that sort of stuff about. Yeah.
0: It's not really, and I don't really consider it to be hate watching. I just consider it to be, because nine times out of ten, if the movie is like super terrible, I'm going to love it. Okay. But I'm going to love it because it's so terrible. Right. Um, so yeah, so anyway, uh, like the two movies that come to mind, you know, people talk a lot of smack about Big Trouble in Little China. I love oh, that movie. Oh, man.
1: No, people love that movie from, on my side of thing.
0: People talk a lot of smack about Grease too. I
1: oh, love okay. that no, movie. That, that I've heard more uh, <laughs> split hairs about, but yeah, I've, I've certainly heard from the pro camp as well.
0: I mean, I love that movie, like, so anyway, that was where I was, that's what brought me to this series. So then I started reading the series and I was like, well, obviously something must have happened because I read the Kindle editions and the Kindle editions are fine. Okay. Like, if yeah. there were typos or grammatical mistakes, like they weren't so apparent that like I found it to be jarring, and there definitely have not been like a ton of them. Um. So, anyway, the whole the whole series is about you know the romance between Hades and Persephone, which uh, if you follow, you know, if you are into webtoons or if you are into just romance books in general like Hades and Persephone is extremely popular yeah um I think uh I think on webtoon like the app uh the comic lore olympus is like the number one trending for like ever okay and 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 it's about Hades and Persephone um so then there's this one and what I thought was interesting is yes it still takes place in a universe where, you know, like, the Greek gods exist and um, all of the different, like, parts of Greek folklore exist, like uh, uh, dryads and nymphs and, and grims and, you know, stuff like that. And the Hydra. Like, all of those things still exist, but at the same time, they exist within a modern Greece. So people go to clubs people have smartphones people read the news on tablets like okay it's modern you know yeah and um so the first book is very much about uh persephone is a goddess and she is in college she's like in her senior year of college and she goes to a club and that's where she meets hades and, uh, anyway, they end up getting, she ends up striking a bargain with Hades, and if she does not complete the terms of the bargain within six months, um, she will be living in the underworld, in his realm of the underworld full-time. Okay. Uh, and so from there, like, that's how their romance blossoms. Um. Right. And then kind of the rest of the books are about her dealing with like her narcissistic mom and some trauma that befalls her and like just because the book is very like makes it clear up front so this is not a spoiler. Um, She was basically locked in her mom's greenhouse you know the goddess Demeter. She was locked in her mom's greenhouse until she was 18 years old. Like did not and- have contact with the outside world. Okay. And then she finally convinced her mom to, like, let her go to college. Uh, and, you know, experience life.
1: Sure.
0: So, like, you know, she's she's a goddess, but she doesn't have any powers. Well, then she finds her powers, but she doesn't know how to use them. And, and it's just, the whole trilogy is first about her falling in love with Hades. And then it's about her just discovering who she is as one of the goddesses. As one okay. of the Greek goddesses. And it's sure. good. Like it's a good series. Um It's spicy, you know? Yeah. Cuz it's a romance book, but I mean I feel like as the book goes on longer, there's less of an emphasis on the spice than there is on the actual character development, which I appreciate. Okay. So,
1: Yeah, have you ever read Circe?
0: No, but I have it, because you gave it to me.
1: Yeah, okay, because it's sort of... I mean, it's definitely based in the the uh, Greek myth of antiquity, as mm-hmm. opposed to being like a, a modern imagining of it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's got a sort of similar trajectory, it sounds like.
0: And, you know, I've always been fascinated by, like, the Greek gods and goddesses. Um, there was a book... There was an illustrated book of the stories of the Greek gods and goddesses from antiquity in our elementary school library. And I don't know how many times I have checked that book out. Okay. I checked that book out like an embarrassing number
1: of times. (laughs) That's, That's pretty cool though.
0: I remember it was a big book and it was, and it had a black cover or it had a black, like, dust jacket. Yeah. Um. And it wasn't like, like, all the illustrations looked very much like a hieroglyphics. Oh, okay. It wasn't like, you know, traditional animation or traditional illustrations.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, I remember I loved that book. I read it. I checked it out an embarrassing number of times.
1: Well, I'm glad you like this series. Um, I did. Has, has the author got anything else you might be checking out?
0: You know, I'm not really sure because I was just so focused on getting through these books for the challenge.
1: Sure. I'm sure okay. she
0: does, though.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm glad to hear you've completed your challenge. Do you want to start talking world? word, word totals?
0: Yeah, so, um, since the last episode that we recorded, I have read 366,324 words, uh, which brings my total up to 6,178,300 words.
1: Okay, and I have read, uh... Respectively, 63,939 words and 113,443 words. I don't add them up. I just sort of keep them next to each other. For a total of 3,058,369 words. Alrighty. Alright. So, um, I'm basically just competing to not let you lap me at this point. (laughs) But uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And uh, now that we've got one more challenge in the books, you ready to receive another?
0: I sure am.
1: All right. Well, as you may know, uh, Autumn is upon us, and I believe our the next episode for one of your challenge will take place in October. So in the spirit of the season, I am challenging you to read a horror novel, Ooh. not... Not written by Stephen King or Joe Hill.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want you to, like, sort of venture off into the darkness. Okay. So, like, which isn't to say that, like, those are the only, like, horror books you read or that authors that people know. But I feel like in the spirit of, like, seeking out, like, less well-known stuff, like, I feel like... Those authors and guys like them probably comprise the lion's share of, like, the public understanding of horror stories. Yeah. So, I'd, um, like, for instance, I gave Brian that book, The Fisherman, mm-hmm. uh, a while back. And that would, I feel like that'd make for a pretty good subject just by virtue of being, like, a less well-known author but, uh, regardless, just, like, whatever piques your interest, I think, uh, would make for a good episode. Okay. And I look forward to hearing it. But, uh, you've got your marching orders, and we've pretty much taken care of all the official business. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about?
0: Nope, that was it.
1: Alright, in that case, we might as well let everybody know out there where they can find us.
0: Yep. So, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Your Words Podcast. You can also you can, find uh, us on. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say you can email us at YourWordsPodcast at com. Mm hmm.
0: And you can find us on our website at YourWordsPodcast.com.
1: Yeah, and uh, look out for a Your Words Podcast TikTok coming soon.
0: I Yay. feel like it's
1: just. uh feel like it's overdue. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, apologies for being um a little bit uh, low energy this week. Um, I don't know. Just sort of getting around to the end of the day. Getting to that yeah. point where I'm probably just going to like wrap myself up like a little burrito.
0: <laughs> that sounds nice.
1: Yeah. And uh hope y'all have a good evening as well.
0: I hope y'all do too.
1: Good Us good, always talking to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, man. Oh, I'm not looking forward to editing this. <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of pauses I'm going to have to cut out. And, like, whenever we just do an episode where it's just sort of, like, talking. Uh-huh. And then, like, I can just sort of layer our, like, our two audio tracks together. Slap the music on at the start and the end, and then we're just done with it. Cast it I don't off think in there was night. a lot of
0: pauses tonight unless they were like purposeful
1: sure all right Ugh. alrighty <sighs>
0: <laughs> you ready to tell everybody bye yeah okay take it away.